heard read from 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, during his time on earth, the prophet Elijah had seen and experienced some pretty amazing things. One time on Mount Carmel, it was the single prophet Elijah versus the 450 prophets of Baal for a public showdown. And Elijah called down fire from heaven, from God, and won a resounding victory. Another time when Elijah was hiding from a queen who wanted to end his life, ravens acted like DoorDash and brought him food to keep him alive. And then there was the time that Elijah raised the widow from Zarephath's son from the dead. Those are all amazing things. But what he was about to experience would top them all. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah was traveling with Elijah from Gilgal. Somehow God had let Elijah know that his time on earth was coming to an end and that his understudy, Elisha, would be the one who would take over as the spiritual leader of Israel. Have you ever had the feeling that you were about to get into something you weren't sure how you were going to handle? I remember feeling that way before we had our first child. Maybe you felt that way with a, a new marriage or a new job. Now imagine having the entire responsibility of being Israel's spiritual leader dumped on you. That's what Elisha was about to have come crashing down on him. Now Elijah knew that it was a big job, so he asked Elisha, ask me for whatever I can do for you before I am taken from you. Now Elisha knew he needed help, so he said, let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. Elisha knew the spiritual mess that the Israelites were in. He had seen Elijah fight his battles. He knew what it would take to be the messenger to God's sinful people. Elijah knew that the only way he could grant that request, it wouldn't even be him granting it. He didn't have the ability to give him that portion of his spirit. That would be only by the power of the Holy Spirit. So he said, you have asked for a difficult thing. If you see me being taken from you, it will surely be yours. But if not, then it will not. Then, in a flash, it happened. While they were walking and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire came and separated them. So Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha was watching and crying out, My father, my father, Israel's chariot and his charioteers. And he did not see him anymore. So a fiery chariot led by fiery horses blazed between them. They were separated. And Elijah was taken up to heaven in a whirlwind. Remember again what Elisha said? He saw this and he said, My father, my father, Israel's chariot and his charioteers. What in the world did Elijah's physical ascent into heaven have to do with chariots and horses? Well, think about it like this. During Elijah and Elisha's time, what was a country's defense system? Well, it was the king and his armies, including the chariots and the horses. But the biggest threat at Israel's time, at this time in Israel's history, wasn't an outside nation coming to attack them. No, it was spiritually rotting from the inside out. Israel was, for the most part, immoral and ungodly. 
They were like a tipping, ticking time bomb of spiritual filth that was about to explode in a million pieces. And there wouldn't be a single thing that the king's army could do about it. The only thing that could save them, the only real defense Israel had, was a sharing of God's word from people like Elijah, and now Elisha. See, Elijah was the true defender of Israel because he was fighting for their spiritual lives. As you look at our world today, what do you see as the biggest threat to our nation? Another terrorist attack, like September 11th, maybe even bigger. Out of control government spending that's not slowing down and we see the effects of things like inflation at the store. Doesn't look like it's stopping anytime soon. How about a government who passes more and more restrictions and takes more and more of our freedoms? How about the illegal immigration mess? Now, in light of our lesson for today, I would submit to you that the greatest threat to our country isn't any of those things or even all those things combined. Because in the eternal scheme of things, those things aren't going to matter at all. The biggest threat we face is the spiritual rot that's going on all around us. Remember what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6? Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. See, the real problem is sin, and the real battle is for people's souls. Guess who the defense team is that God put here to fight for him? That's right, it's you and me. Since uh, the chariot and charioteers of Israel is already taken, maybe we could say we're God's Department of Homeland Defense. God expects you and me to be his light shining in a sin-darkened world. So how is your light shining? Is it burning brightly or do you feel like your battery is running low and you're not sure how much longer it's going to stay on? I mean, just look at the world we live in and how it goes directly against so often what God says. Free pornography is only a click away for pretty much anyone of any age. Sex outside of marriage is the norm. Unborn babies are slaughtered every day. Cheating and stealing is not seen as that big of a deal as long as you, you don't get caught or it's under a certain amount. Disgusting garbage that passes off as entertainment comes right into our houses, through our televisions, through the internet, right to our phones. And we often sit back and say, nothing. So what's your excuse? It's too hard, right? What you say is not going to make a difference anyway, right? I'm just busy making my way through life, right? Or I, I commit as many sins or, or, or the same sins as unbelievers do, so what do I have the right to tell them what's right and wrong, right? It's easier to jump in the river of filth and go along for the ride than it is to swim upstream. And we've been kicked around, laughed at, marginalized because of our faith, and we don't see it getting better anytime soon. 
So what are we? What are you going to do the next time the bell rings for the next round? You're going to come out swinging or throw on the towel? What we need is a flash of encouragement. Take a look at Elijah's ride to heaven in a whirlwind. Boy, that must have been amazing to see. But really, is it that big of a deal? It's the kind of thing that God does every single day. We just can't see it. This is what God does every time he brings another person to heaven, gives them this glorious escort to heaven. When you take your last breath, God's going to send his angels to give you a glorious escort to heaven. There is this whole spiritual world out there around us that we aren't always aware that exists. But once in a while, God pulls back the veil. We saw it in this lesson from 1 Kings with Elijah being taken up in the world. We saw a glimpse of it in the gospel when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration. He pulls back the veil to show us what's real and what's there. And these wonderful flashes of that spiritual reality are just the encouragement we need to keep on fighting for people's souls. They show us that there's so much more out there, so much more to life than what we can sense with our senses, see with our eyes, hear with our ears, and feel with our touch. We have a great example of that today on the mountain of transfiguration. When people looked at Jesus because he kept his glory hidden for the most part, they saw what looked like an ordinary person. They saw his mom holding on to him when he was a little child. When he was hungry and thirsty, they saw him eat and drink. When he was tired, they saw him go to sleep. They saw him cry at the graveside of a dear friend who had died. And they were about to see him arrested, beaten, bloodied, and hung on a cross. And he wouldn't be looking very glorious. But he was. You see, the transfiguration shows us that the one who died for us went through all that horrible suffering and death was not just some ordinary person, but he was the son of God himself who died on that cross for us. And because it was the son of God himself who died for you, it means all your sins of going against God's will, of not speaking up when you should have, are completely erased from your record. God forgives all your sins. And because God has taken all your sins away, you are, even though it doesn't look like it, you are the glorious children of God. So as you grind your way through this life and it doesn't always feel so glorious, remember this. It's not always going to be the case that our glory is not going to be seen. Paul wrote, your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. The time is coming when we will no longer be struggling and lowly, but we will be in paradise with the God who is transfigured on that mountain. And we'll be standing next to Jesus in paradise, dressed in these wonderful white robes of his righteousness that will gleam just as brightly as his day on that night. One of the hardest things to do when you first have children is to bring them in for vaccinations. I mean, you know that they need at least the basic ones that they need, right? But it still hurts because you know it's going to cause them pain, even though it's good for them. One of the vaccines that children get early on is the tetanus vaccine. But getting that just once isn't good enough for the rest of your life. 
every five to 10 years, you're supposed to get a booster to make sure that it's still working and gives you what you need. Well, in a similar way, when God brought us to faith in Jesus, he gave us new spiritual life and gave us the ability to fight against the devil, the world, and our own sinful natures. And they're continuing to try to drag us down. The world wants us to do the opposite of what God wants. Our own sinful natures want us to rebel against God. The devil wants to separate us from Christ. We need boosters from God to continue the fight, to continue to have the spiritual strength that we need. These flashes of encouragement that we read about in the Bible give us a boost. And through God's word and sacrament, he continues to give us the boost we need to be strong in the face of opposition, strong in the face of uh, people attacking us, confident when we don't feel so confident. Use God's word and sacrament so he can keep giving you the booster shots of spiritual strength that you need. Then use those spiritual shots of strength to serve as God's Department of Homeland Security in the world. Use your Bible every day at home and show your family what it means day in to day out to live as a Christian. When necessary, speak up at work. Even if it means you're going to be the pariah or the one eating alone at lunch or the one who misses out on a promotion you deserve. Because God's got you covered. Be willing to speak out in love because you care. Even if it means you lose friends or you're on the outside looking in and you're not in a certain social group. If we're not going to fight for Christ, who is? God's word is the only hope for our country and the only hope for our world. And when the suffering in life comes, because it's going to come, and it doesn't feel very glorious, the Apostle Paul gives us this to look forward to. Our sufferings at the present time are not worth comparing. They're not even worth comparing. The difference is so great. Our sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. That's Real encouragement. That's the kind of encouragement that only God can give. Amen. Amen. Please stand.